The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. It is the early line right here on SportsGrid. It's hour number two. As we are rocking and rolling on a Monday morning, I'm Kevin Walsh at Stani Right Side. Uh, the World Cup 2022 continues to grab headlines here and the eyes of many, though admittedly it might drop off a bit uh, for some as the U.S. men's national team was eliminated on Saturday by a scoreline of 3-1 to one against Netherlands. Uh, Donnie, I know you watched this game. What were just... Yeah. Kind of some of your takeaways here from it as it, you know, the scoreline wasn't pretty, but they really were competitive in this game. No, and, and it's, it's a good look for United States soccer here, moving into the knockout stages here. And you could take that as a win for them, even though they didn't win much here in the World Cup overall. But looking forward, I think the future, I don't want to say is bright for U.S. soccer, but this should be the norm, right, Kevin? Making the World Cup and getting to the knockout stage and seeing what you can do here. Now, having said that for the World Cup itself moving forward, you're right. Less eyeballs now from the U.S. market, including myself. But I got to tell you, I like this that it's in the Middle East here because you're getting 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. soccer, which we don't have to have that compete once again with any college football, professional football, anything in our way. And the same way I thought on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. was the perfect time before college football slate kicked off. I think everybody enjoyed watching the U.S., rooting for them to win. They didn't. But I think this time frame has really helped the U.S. World Cup and will continue to help with the U.S. market because they're not competing with anybody else. Yeah, it was, a, again... It was a very it was a very tough performance to watch because it did feel as if they deserved better. But the Netherlands is the more talented side. The one thing that I do think will remain here, Donnie, is some excitement for and I know it's four years away, right? But people felt in. I think the US men's national team gave people something to care about. And you're gonna know these guys. One of the youngest teams at the World Cup. And, of course, Christian Pulisic will be back, you know, and people are going to be familiar with this squad, which I think is good. People are still going to certainly be involved, though, getting involved with the World Cup at a high level. We saw some of the top teams advance through. We'll talk about that in a moment, but let's try and help you set up today's games from Sporting News' Simon Borg here, two on the docket. Let's see what he has to say. The number one team in the world and favorite to win the World Cup will be in action on Monday as Brazil take the field in the win-or-go-home knockout stage. But does anyone really think Brazil's going home here? I'm Simon Borg of the Sporting News with your World Cup update. 
Brazil will take on South Korea, who miraculously made it out of their group ahead of Uruguay on a last-minute goal in the last game of the group. But the big story here is with Brazil and playmaker Neymar not expected to be healthy enough to contribute in this match after the nasty ankle injury he picked up in the opener. The big debate is, do Brazil need him? I'd say yes. The attacking ideas are confused without him. But this juggernaut should be good enough to handle a South Korean team that will leave spaces in behind. A team as good as Brazil will take advantage, even without their chief creator. With Brazil such heavy favorites, you're going to need to look at a parlay to make this game worth your time. How about Brazil to win and over two and a half goals close enough to even money? If Brazil win, they move on to play another winnable game against the team that survives from Japan versus Croatia. And Croatia will not enjoy having an opponent playing at 100 miles an hour. Croatia don't like that pace. Here's part of the reason. Croatia are an aging side. And on top of that, they haven't rotated players nearly as much as you'd expect over their first three games in the tournament. Japan made it a point to rest more players, and they have a chance to be the fresher team. And for the way they play, that could spell trouble for Croatia. Japan's subs have also been effective off the bench. For that reason, the best play might be the second half having the most goals scored. That's priced at a little better than even money. Or even Japan's highest scoring half to be the second half. That's at nearly 2-1 to one odds. It'd be a real feather in the cap of this Japanese side if they made the quarters, even though they will know that's where the road ends if Brazil also make it there, as everyone expects. Already while well, joining us throughout the wave, Simon Borg's breakdown of today's matchup here at World Cup 2022, the early line, Sirius XM. Channel 159, and you heard Simon talk about what is, you know, feels like a Brazil team that is just destined to make this deep, deep run, but without Neymar, who is their best player, one of the best players, you know, in, in the history uh, of Brazil, it, it could leave them a bit vulnerable. And what is or is tempting, I would say, DRS, when you look at the odds to win the World Cup, teams like France, teams like Argentina, even in England, that's already punched their ticket at significantly longer rods compared to Brazil, knowing, hey, I'm already through into the next round here, it is a bit tempting. No, it certainly is a bit tempting. And also, we're at the stage where it's called the knockout stage. This isn't the group stage. Like, hey, you know what we drew or we lost yesterday? We got two more games to wait to make it up here. That's not the case. We see some massive upsets already in the World Cup. Do I think it's going to continue today? Probably not with Brazil just to walk through this stage here, Kevin. Minus 1,100 mm -hmm. going up against South Korea. So it is going to be a Herculean effort if South Korea wants yes. to win. But we've seen crazier things happen. And again, look, it's a... Uh... It's been a tournament that saw Germany not make it out of their group, Belgium not make it out of your group. To your point, we have seen some upsets along the way. This certainly would be the biggest so far in this tournament. I'm sure the FanDuel Sportsbook today uh, will be continuing to provide boost throughout the day. The daily specials market already up and live as well. We go to the college football landscape, which has a, a ton of big headlines. That's next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? 
Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. College football, baby. What a weekend it was. Conference championship weekend. A lot of fun games. The USC Trojans losing in very difficult fashion on Friday night. I I think they will probably always wonder what if in terms of the Caleb Williams injury that seemingly turned that game around. But there was no what if on Saturday. Once they lost that game 47-24, we knew Ohio State was in the playoff. The what if was what if TCU loses, and then by what margin would they be vulnerable to be jumped by Alabama? Well, they lost in overtime at the goal line 31-28 against Kansas State. And that loss ultimately not only saw them remain in front of Alabama, but in front of Ohio State as well, setting TCU up for a date in Michigan in the 2-3 game. One verse four is Georgia-Ohio State. The question is always, when we get these rankings, did the committee get it right? Committee did get it right here with the final four teams. I don't know about the rankings themselves here because usually if you are the number one team in Georgia, Kevin, you say to yourself, all right, we probably got the easiest pathway to get to the national championship game. When you don't, you to, if you ask Georgia right now and they get to pick who they play, they're playing TCU. And Granted, it might not matter who Georgia's playing, but you want the easier path here. I think Michigan got a very good break here by playing TCU, and they should wind up in the national championship game. But also, Kevin, you know, before we get to like some of the ins and outs and what actually happened, I love when the committee comes on and talks because it's clear that I don't know if they write down a couple of bullet points for whoever the guy speaking is because sometimes I don't think he has any idea what he's talking about. Hey, by the way, did you want to match or try to avoid the rematch between Michigan and Ohio State? You know – Never actually came up. You know it came up the first thing, which is why exactly we're not getting the rematch at this point here. That was catered to because if not, these two teams would have been set up differently here in the games or the respective games. Talking about Ohio State and Michigan, they would have played each other. So get that one out of the way here. But also, the committee got it right exactly on these four four teams. 
if you want to say, and I'm a big proponent of this, Alabama should be in, TCU should be out, if that's what we want the best top four playoff. But that's not what the grades are. We, we keep records in college football for a reason, Kevin, right? There's a reason why you have zero losses, one losses, or two losses, because there is a scoreboard. If we didn't play the games with a scoreboard and just say, hey, who should be in there? Yeah, Alabama should be in over TCU. But there's a reason why there are records, and you can't just say, the SEC always has the point of break in their back pocket, Kevin. If two teams come in with one loss, one's an SEC team, one's a Big 12 team, Big 12 team doesn't even get to talk in that conversation because the SEC schedule. But you can't then go ahead and say, okay, you can make up an entire loss because you played in the SEC. It doesn't work that way. These are the rules that were put under. TCU deserves to be in there, even if they're not as good as football team as Alabama is. Here was the biggest reason for me as to why I did not think that Alabama was going to be able to jump the Horn Frogs. The idea that Alabama is obviously better than TCU is based on nothing other than preconceived notions. You show me where Alabama proved they were markedly better than TCU. I would argue to you, I think their two best performances of the year, Donnie, they lost the two games. What, really, what was it? The four-point win over A&M with, Mil- with Milrow? The one-point loss to Texas, which was ultimately closer than when TCU played Texas and Quinn Ewers actually played the full football game? The win uh, at Ole Miss by six? Really, Don, like, that's the thing. That's why I think Bama did not get in. They didn't have a typical Alabama resume. They just didn't. They did not have an ability to say, because you're right, the SEC versus the Big 12, this shouldn't be hard, man. It's the SEC. Their, their best SEC win was Ole Miss, who fell off a cliff after that game. The Big 12 this year, in terms of what TCU had to go through, was just more difficult. It was. It just was. I know that everybody TCU seemingly beat also fell off of a cliff. I know that, right? But at the time, they were getting those teams' best shots, it felt like. So, ultimately, not surprised about the TCU thing. The the TCU versus Ohio State 3-4, to me, the reason I don't find myself arguing, or to, for lack of a better phrase, caring about it too much, Donnie, is it doesn't it feel like they basically decided we'd rather not have the rematch when they made that decision? to me maybe they think that TCU deserved to be three but here's my honest belief had USC won I think TCU would have been out and they would have put Ohio State at four and TCU would have been out but because TCU was going to be in regardless they decided all right we'll do TCU Michigan and look the odds say that that is not as favorable of his matchup for Georgia. There are look ahead national championship game odds for the potential matchups that we could see Georgia, Michigan is an eight and a half point line. That, of course, is lighter than the line here that we see them laying against Ohio State. I have appreciated everybody seeing the six and a half number that Georgia's laying and saying, oh my goodness, that is so light. Expect this to start to flirt with nine, maybe 10 points. No, man, you got some, you got to, hey, now, hey, let's pull it in. Ohio State Buckeyes were viewed as the second best team in college football all season long. That's not how these things go. Remember last year, DRS, and you were actually all over this. I give you credit in the championship game. Bama and Georgia played in the SEC title game, right? Bama rolls. They they meet in the rematch. And the line still had Georgia favored. And I was like, I just can't do it. Bama showed me too much. And you go, 
look, the line can't move too much. It clearly what they thought the first go around is relevant here. What this team has viewed, what the odds makers have viewed of Ohio State all year long, relevant here when you see their odds. This team has only sat at 4-1 to one to win a national championship because they know the Buckeyes are supremely talented. They are, and that's and also you have to take a look at pedigree as well. This isn't Ohio State's first rodeo, but like, hey, we're going to get into the college football playoff, and uh, nobody expects a lot. No, we expect a lot from Ohio State, which is why they were ranked as high as number two here coming down the stretch. Now, they did lose to Michigan. The game was a lot closer than what that final score was, despite Michigan pulling away at the end of Michigan, did do some damage. But I think the line seems about right here, because if you're asking people, the same way we do in the NFL all the time, when Ohio State is right and on it on offense, they might be one of the best offense, if not the best offense in the country at that point, right? So that's going to give them there. And also, as I said again, the pedigree is there. Ohio State has shown up here as like the four seed in the past and won national championships, as we remember. So I think it's a fair price. I do. Some other college football headlines. DJU enters the transfer portal. No surprise there. Kate Klubnick came in in the ACC title game and looks like everything that was promised. Uh, uh, look, I know that like, Dabo's not going to be in trouble of anything, but if I'm the AD, the boosters, I mean, an all-time explain yourself needs to be put in his direction. If him deciding to stick with DJU all year long the way he did potentially cost this team a chance at making the college football playoff. Uh, nevertheless, DJU is going to hit the transfer portal. I think he's Pac-12 bound. That's just my best guess. I think UCLA could make some sense as well. <laughs> uh, Don, we can expand on this maybe even a little bit more on the radio side of things later today uh, yeah. when we do Moneyline 1 p.m. Eastern start time. But Dion to Colorado. A bit surprising, but, man, he is already making waves, it feels like, since showing up in Boulder. Yeah, they paid him a good amount of money, and rightfully so. If you're going to make a move from, you know, a, an HBCU to a Power 5, they're going to pay you probably five times, six times the amount of money you're getting. Now, you're going to be on the move. But I actually thought this was one of those placeholders where where you get that first offer out here, maybe some other schools would come down the list and say, oh, you're interested in Colorado. Wait do you see what we have to offer. But the simple fact of the matter is this is unbelievable for college football. It's wonderful. You're taking a look at Colorado, which was a power in the late 80s and the early 1990s here. To get them back would be sensational, but also just have Deion Sanders at your school there and promotion and getting the Pac-12 off their feet. Because also if you're the Pac-12, hey, maybe Deion can stay there for a long time because you're going to lose USC and UCLA. This might be your next power out there in the Pac-12. And also, don't think Deion didn't talk about that. Hey, you're going to take two premier schools out of this conference, now have a chance to compete sooner than later. That's a big win for Deion. I'm looking forward to it. A lot of excitement in Colorado, no doubt. We'll get back to the National Football League next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. 
the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Lot to get to still from week 13 in the NFL. I want to move it over to Giants Commanders. Uh, I think this is the first time we've done uh, in our pick six contest a money line dog, and it was a push on the result. I thought the Giants would win this game outright. They had a lot of chances. The last play of the game was a Graham Gatto field goal attempt, which would have given the Giants the victory here over the commanders instead this game does land 20 20 it's a tie but i still feel like there's winners and losers with a result like this and and i think the giants are winners they're seven four and one which allowed them to stay in front of the commanders and in front of the seattle seahawks in this wild card race right now in the nfc i know they wanted to win But this is one of these rare spots where I think it was almost as good. I think the Giants should be quite happy with the way this game finished, all things considered. Yeah, you probably wanted to win. And also, when you consider it, there there was twofold here, right? You saw Washington get out after the first quarter, 10 to nothing lead. Figure like, oh, look at that. Daniel Jones and the Giants, they're dead and buried. And not the case. But also, you had a seven-point lead entering into the fourth quarter, and you let that one slip away into a tie. But I think you're right on the winners and losers part of it. I think both of them actually came away slightly winners with that tie because it both still keeps them right in the thick of that seventh wild card. But if you're looking at it from a Giants perspective, sure, you're just looking to not get jumped, right? You would have love to have the win but if you come away with a tie you still have that nod over the Washington Commanders at this football at this point in or should I say at this moment right now but overall for the game itself it felt like it, like it was supposed to end 2020 because even in the pick six contest I took under 40 points that's hilarious he went to overtime in 2020 like, ah mm. it's a stone cold loser and at least he came away with a push so you came away with a push in this game and so did I which is pretty incredible that's actually almost impossible but you like to see that yeah. I lost by the yeah. way I did lose my under, but I will. I genuinely, one of the very rare times I got John Wofford news. I was like, no, it was supposed to be Bryce Perkins. Once it was Wofford, I knew it was it was in for a mistake there, uh, and that game did get over the total. But for the Giants, the funny thing is, if I'm the Commanders, the fact that they tied and now they hit the bye week, the one thing that this is going to do. It's going to keep Taylor Heineke at the quarterback slot. I think if they would have lost. Now, I think once Taylor Heineke put together the comeback drive to tie this game up in regulation, yeah, that probably saved his job for the rest of the season. Honestly, it did. But he was playing awful football before. That he's largely been useless for this team since he's taken over. But no one really cares about that because he's been the quarterback while they've won games and people don't like Carson Wentz. I'm just checking in to see if you agree with that, though I don't think it's really any debate. Taylor Heineke is going to keep this job the rest of the way, assuming he stays healthy. 
Yeah, it looks like that, too. And also, keep in mind, they had a crazy fourth down conversion with about two minutes to go in that game, which kept their drive alive, allowing them to tie that game up. So there was a lot going into it. Ron Rivera would have been asked a lot of questions over the bye week. Hey, who's coming back? I haven't decided it yet. We'll talk about it on the practice field. But this gives them at least another week on that because Heineke was okay. Two touchdowns, no interceptions, 275. But I do have to give him credit for that fourth down play because it wasn't just let me just throw it up in the air like Kirk Cousins did on that crazy Justin Jefferson, you know, fourth down conversion. This one was a little bit more wild. We had to roll out, and he put a dime down the sideline there for the completion. So credit him for that, and you know what? He deserves it. 7-5-1 and one. until he loses. There's going to be no question here for that. Yeah, again, that, that's maybe, again, the main thing. Until they would have to lose, like, multiple games where he throws multiple interceptions for them to have some consideration. One game that the final score really stunned me. Lions, Jags, 40-14 Detroit. The Lions have covered five games in a row. They've won four out of five with the loss being by a field goal to the Buffalo Bills, 28-25 on Thanksgiving. The, the Lions are leaving me almost uh, a bit um, at a loss of words here. Are they good? Like, are the, are the Detroit Lions a team that if they snuck in as the seventh spot in the NFC – Nobody would want to play. They, they look like one of the best offenses in football. How, how is this? Dan Campbell's going to walk away with a contract extension somehow. Yeah, this was a one-point line here coming into this football game here. And the Lions, you're right, won 40-14 to and going away. It didn't even feel like it was that close because Detroit was just piling it on every time you turn the corner. And Jared Goff, sometimes we do forget. He was the number one overall draft in an NFL draft here. Obviously, it was for the Los Angeles Rams and not for the Lions. And was a throw-in counterpoint. Now, here's the two things that are going to make a, 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 this, a differentiating factor here. We just talked about the game before, right? Washington Commanders and the New York Giants. Like, Daniel Jones was in that, that lame duck look-see where he's not doing anything to win it for the future. I doubt the Giants are going, like, you know, Daniel Jones is going to be our guy. But Jared Goff yesterday, again, 340 and two touchdowns. They're moving the football and whipping it all over. Jamison Williams came back yesterday, only had one target, didn't have a catch or any yards. But if you would have said, okay, he never gets hurt, he's one of the better prospects coming out in the draft over the past decade as a wide receiver. They're going to get draft picks from the Rams, who seemingly are tanking out the rest of the way. And all of a sudden, the same way we look at it for Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, is this a case we're going to hold on here? Why don't we keep keep Jared Goff around here a little bit longer? Don't spend that capital. Really rebuild around him and see what we can do. Like Jared Goff, who I never thought was going to be a future piece for the Lions, now fighting to be a future piece for the Lions. It's pretty insane. That can't be a thing. That cannot be a thing that they sit here and stick with Jared Goff. Ooh, that would be in the the looks now. It's in the looks. Because – I mean, yeah, I think the the looks should be, hey, Goff, look at how nice it would be to help mentor a young starting quarterback. They're going to be picking in the top three of the NFL draft. Now, hold, like, you're done. They're on the clock. Bryce Next Young's on the weeks. board. Yeah. <sighs> Stop. Or who do they get? What are you taking a deep Next, breath about? Like, no, I said the Vikings and the Jets are coming up here. So this obviously could change uh-huh. going 0-2 and when you make it easier. But the fact of the matter is they've won, what, four out of five games here with their only loss, a three-point loss to the Buffalo Bills? Let's just play devil's advocate, and they beat the Vikings and the Jets. The Vikings game is at home, which nobody believes in. They're a fraud team, so maybe Detroit has a legitimate chance. Then you go on the road and Game's take picked. on Mike White and the Jets. My goodness. My goodness. 
Yeah, but have you looked beyond that? Then it's at Carolina, home against the Bears, at yeah. the Packers. The whole thing's winnable. Yeah. All right, so Donnie likes the Lions to win out and Jared Goff to get a contract extension. You heard it here, folks. Uh, first, uh-huh. folks. Call us all over. I got, I'll tell you this quickly, though. This team was 1-6. and six, And at the mm-hmm. time, we looked at an updated win total that I think was 4 and a half, And I was like, I don't know if they'll win a- another game, much less. <laughs> and here they are. They're 5-7 and seven now. Like yeah. the, the, the way they've yep. flipped this around has been uh, incredible. Uh, in the NFC North, Bears-Packers... Look, Rodgers owns them eight in a row. He's won and covered. Here's my big takeaway. You tell me if this is an overreaction. I know it's going to be tough to do on the spot, but work with me here. Justin Fields Mm -hmm. enters next season with top 10 Mm -hmm. odds to win NFL MVP. Uh, Yes, it makes some sense. It does. I mean, if if you go through it and you look at the way that he contributes here, it's just completely, it's completely ridiculous. 300 yards of offense. Hey, shout him out, Don. It's 254. Honestly, I should have put that in the 7-7 seven and seven first. I mean, how many times have we seen 254 passing yards from Justin Fields? Takes off for another gigantic rushing touchdown in the game. I know. I, I know. I'm focusing on the 3-10 and 10 Chicago Bears instead of the Packers and Rodgers. But what do you want from me? Their season is over no matter what Rodgers says about the mathematical eliminations. I just... I look at Justin Field, like the AFC North. Here's the other thing about the Packers, which is fascinating, right? Vikings are good. Seems like they've got their guy in Kevin O'Connell. Detroit Lions are turning it around. They're going to have a top elite draft choice there. The Chicago Bears have found their quarterback all of a sudden here. The NFC North is no longer going to be the doormat for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in the way that it felt like it had been for the past couple of seasons. Yeah, no, you're right about that, too. And also, keep in mind this game for the Chicago Bears. Much like we talk about other teams here, the Bears do have their pick this year. So I think you're getting the best of both worlds, Kevin, with the Chicago Bears at quarterback. You have Justin Fields flashing, and they're still losing football games. Nobody's going to care about the Chicago Bears you know, team in five. Oh, we, I would love to beat the Packers. No, keep that top draft picks around Justin Fields because the same way I talk about Daniel Jones and, all right, he just can't rise to the occasion. Same thing we look at the Chicago Bears. They have nothing on offense, but Justin Fields makes and exciting and you can see like hey we keep a running game around him ensure the offensive line get him a couple decent wide receivers this team could be a lot of fun and also he will put up video game numbers in that division if next year he has a few wide receivers that he can deal with so top 10 odds for mvp next year to start the season absolutely i wonder if, if his odds will be higher than that of justin herbert probably going to depend on who herbert's coach is though all in all, mm. the Chargers fall to six and six. They lose to the now five and seven red hot Vegas Raiders. Vontae Adams, eight catches, 177 yards, and two touchdowns. You have said this all year long. I think it is absolutely true. If the Green Bay Packers cut Devontae Adams, this team right now, instead of five and eight, would probably be what? Ten and three? Eleven and two? Yeah. Hunting the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. And yep. would have top four odds to win a Super Bowl. It's incredible. Yep. It's absolutely incredible, too, because when you're, and you're, oh, you can't compare that. Yes, you can. Like, oh, well, the Green Bay Packers would have lost in the playoffs, and probably so. But you know what? The Minnesota Vikings were like, oh, man, we can't shake the Packers. We both have 10 wins right now. And the watch, the way it plays out is ridiculous. And by the way, Josh Jacobs, who they keep trying to get rid of, again, game-time decision, 26 for a buck 44 in a score. He looks unbelievable. You can't tackle that guy.
Oh, so he's a top five running back in football. They had him out there Woo! in week zero in the preseason. He's playing all <laughs> Hall of Fame games. Stop the madness. Monday Night Football's coming up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Got about 20 minutes left here in the early line on a Monday morning, which means we have to get to Monday Night Football. But there are two games we've not referenced yet from Sunday. One of them is Steelers Falcons. Mike Tomlin's a top 10 coach. Everybody knows it. We can move on from that game as they win in Atlanta 19-16. We go to Houston, though. The return of Deshaun Watson. 27-14 final score. If I told you that and nothing else, you would imagine, man, not bad. Well, that was misleading. Donovan Peoples-Jones had a 76-yard punt return touchdown. Denzel Ward had a four-yard scoop and score. And Tony Fields, the second, had a 16-yard pick six. Three defensive special teams slash defensive touchdowns. Deshaun Watson was awful in this game. 131 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. Scrambled a bit. What did you make of the first game that Watson played in 700 days? Yeah, it looked like it was the first game he played in 700 days because when we were talking about betting markets last week, I also said to myself, there was no way the Cleveland Browns were going to lose this game. And you're right. When you take a look at the final score, it's like, okay, everything's back to Norman Cleveland. A road victory over a bad team, beat them by double digits. That's what you're supposed to do. Their offense was horrendous in this football game, but not to be outdone by the Texans being horrendous and just giving up free points left and right to the Cleveland Browns. And you know how it didn't go the Browns' direction because even Kevin Stefanski in a postgame press saying, eh, yeah, he's going to be our starter next week. What, you think? Like, what? where else are you going to go? You're going to go back to Jacoby Brissett at this point to save oh your gosh. season? But the 5-7 and seven Browns didn't show anything yesterday, but also from a betting market or a handicap perspective. We knew this coming into, hey, who are you going to take in this game? Look, uh, Deshaun Watson could go nuts or he could be absolutely completely rusty. But to be honest with you, 
I was actually really surprised he was that rusty yesterday because he didn't come back, you're right, let's just say, against the Pittsburgh Steelers in December in 30-degree weather and whipping winds. He played in a dome against a dead-to-rights football team that's now 1-10, in 10, and the offense didn't produce a single touchdown, which also, hey, Nick Chubb guaranteed to score a touchdown that game. He doesn't score. Watson doesn't even really get on the score sheet here other than a bad interception. It was a bad game all the way around, but just shows you the Texans can play, quote-unquote, that well on defense and still get let up 27 points because their offense gave away three touchdowns. Yeah, the, the Texans are... I feel like this is probably one of the worst teams we've seen in quite some time. Yeah. It just feels that yes. way. Like, I'm talking about, you know what I mean, like a, a decade or so here. They are atrocious, no doubt about it. The Watson thing, again, he was awful. They played a horrific defense. I they didn't have the ball so they had a lot of time of possession but it's because they were running the football a lot but obviously they had you know a number of drives taken away from them because of you know defensive slash special teams touchdown so he wasn't on the field a ton being asked to do a lot next week they play Cincinnati divisional game on the road that's a legitimate test I, I think that'll be a little bit better uh, of a measuring stick there to kind of see how it, uh, Watson uh, is viewed. I I know people have to ask the questions. The fact that someone thought it was necessary to ask, hey, are you going to stick with Watson? <laughs> I mean, what a – like, come on. You could have texted me that if you needed an answer to that question. Nevertheless, we go to Monday Night Football, Buck Saints. Tampa Bay is a field goal favorite. The total is 41-and-a-half. The Bucks are 0-4-1 against the spread at home. The Saints are 0-5 against the spread on the road. This game's just going to land Tampa Bay 3, it almost feels like, before it even starts. This is an ugly, ugly primetime game. People are going to be crying for last night's Cowboys-Colts game, it feels like, midway through Bucks saints here tonight. What do you think, Donnie? Again, total 41-and-a-half. Yeah, all the superstars coming out to play tonight, but certainly not like the superstars of the past that we expected here. You know we can get out of Andy Dalton, probably a, a first drive touchdown pass. Woohoo! look at Andy Dalton out here, and then followed by back-to-back pick sixes, and away we go for the New Orleans Saints. But I look at this line here, and I don't know, who, who's it disrespectful to at this point? Like the Saints stink, and so do the Buccaneers at this point. So the three is out there just for home field advantage. But if I'm looking from a an honesty perspective, Leonard Fournette looks like he's going to come back in this game. And by the way, you know, backup running back there has done some pretty good things. But I do think Leonard Fournette on the goal line and third and short should make some differences. But how can you not take Tampa Bay? Like, honestly. Like, how are we not taking Tampa Bay tonight against the New Orleans? What has the New Orleans Saints shown us here? And maybe if they get Marcus Lattimore back there on the defensive side where, okay, you can get an extra DB back where everybody seems to torch that secondary. Or do you take one like, hey, they hung last week. They only got beat 13. Yeah, nothing. The zero. They didn't even score a point last week. So for me, just to keep it simple, even though I don't like the game overall, it's Tampa Bay minus three for me here because I just can't see New Orleans going on the road and rising up at this point. At least Tampa Bay feels like they have something to play for the rest of the way, and I'll lean on that. So uh, they certainly have a lot more to play for. But Tampa, so I don't know where you're at on Tampa big picture, but they went to Germany. They beat the Seahawks, and it was like, oh, all right, maybe there's something here. They came off the bye and became one of three teams 
to fail to score 20 points against the Browns. That list, by the way, is the Bucks, Trubisky-led Pittsburgh, and Kyle Allen-led Houston. That's what this Tampa team is. They average 18.2 points per game, and the Saints defensively have had their number. I'll take the field goal in the divisional game, as scary as that is. This feels under, under, under at 41 and a half. And most specifically, Donnie, it's the Bucs team total at 21 and a half. They have given me absolutely zero reason to believe they will go over that number. They have hit their team total this season once. And it was in a blowout loss to Kansas City where the Chiefs said, it doesn't matter. We are already in the 40s. Go ahead. And I was like, oh, is Tom back? Tom? No, certainly not. Didn't look like it, at least. What? Like, I, do, you, do you really trust them to put up 24, 27 here tonight against the New Orleans Saints? I think they're going to need defensive touchdowns. I don't, I don't know. We'll see how it comes out because a lot of this does weigh on Andy Dalton and him just turning the football over and, you know, prime time Andy Dalton out here tonight. But you are healthy at the wide receiver position here. Tom, Tom Brady, look, he hasn't had that good of a season. I'm not expecting a lot because most of his handicap is I just don't think the Saints are that good and they're going to be on the road. But also, right. let's take a look, Evan. Forget about this game and try to, like, get a preview down the road here. When you look at the overall standings in this division, they're all lumped up. And what would happen? if the Saints went on the road tonight and beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It would send that division into chaos because looking at the Bucs, it feels like it's a must-win tonight. You lost against the Browns last week. You come back into Saints. Let's just say you lose this one. Now, the 49ers yeah. game, which you're going to play on the road, and it's against Purdy, so obviously that's a downgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo. But still, you saw mm. the 49ers put up an honest effort and pound the Miami Dolphins, and then you take on the Cincinnati Bengals. Could we be looking at three, four straight losses for Tampa Bay and out of the playoff picture at that point for me it looks like i think the bucks know the severity of this game meaning we have to win this and it's not a nine and a half point spread it's three so yeah. basically if you're going to win this you're at least going to get a push and that's the angle i'm playing because you have to start looking for going hey everybody in this division is win the game we lose to a division opponent tonight mm -hmm. and then take it on the road and get beat because you're not beating the cincinnati Bengals. i don't care if you got them at home the Bengals are going to win that game it's devastation here for the bucks so yeah, and I never like to, you know, we know what the lines are going to be, right? But they could beat Cincinnati, and they could beat Brock Purdy, right? They're lucky that the Cincinnati game is at home. But here's the bigger thing, Donnie. Yeah. If they're 5-9, and nine, if I just had to guess, they're going to be about minus Oof. 105 to win the division. At that time, they'd be 5-9, and nine, and they'd be a favorite to win the division. Yeah. Right. What's the, I mean, you look, look at, first of all, Who's the, the Saints are obviously not in the mix. They are a disaster. And I know I know it's ah, they're four and eight. Don't care. Disaster. Panthers are four and eight. Stop the madness. What are we doing? So it's Atlanta. Atlanta's already five and eight. So just yeah. so if they lose again, right? You said four straight, they'd be five and nine. The uh, mm -hmm. the rest of these divisions is gonna all have ten losses by that time. Like that's how insane the NFC South is. And I know we've seen under five hundred teams get into the postseason before. That's what it feels like we're setting up at right. What's this current win total here logged for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I assume it's up. It's eight. Seven. It's eight and a half. It's eight and a half Ooh. minus one thirty. They get the nine yeah. wins. They have four more wins on this schedule. Uh, they get beat you? tonight. They ain't getting there. They get beat tonight. They're not. They have. Yeah, hundred percent. They have yeah. to win tonight's game. 
You'd like them into the Carolina. See, the problem is they're, they're going to be such big favorites in the rest of the divisional games, I guess, but they're not even a big favorite tonight. Yeah. So not really. No. Yeah, the, the Bucks are, they're bad, but the division is 10 times worse. What are you doing with the props market tonight here? What are we, what are we, what are we liking? Is there any juice? Yeah. I'm going to keep it simple in this one, too. Uh, Leonard Fournette coming back, and as I said, with Richard White, he's had some pretty good productivity without Leonard Fournette the past two weeks there, being that lead back. But in the anytime touchdown scores market, Kevin, you don't have to be the lead back, technically. If you're looking at a goal line situation, it's going to be Leonard Fournette, and he comes in at a price at plus 105, which is identical to Rashad White at this point. So I would go Leonard Fournette plus 105 in the touchdown market. If we're looking from a receiving market perspective here, I like Godwin. Godwin seems to be coming into his own, sort of that knee getting stronger and stronger each week coming back to being Brady's guy. 68 and a half yards here receiving for the game. I think that makes some sense because I know you always say like, hey, if you have number one wide receiver or whatever, you can really get after that Saints secondary. But also keep in mind, Lattimore coming back to the possibility of coming back could change some things up in that secondary, but there's still a multitude of guys that can do some damage. I don't really look at Julio Jones all that much, but it's Mike Evans and Godwin, and I'm going to go with Godwin Mm. tonight here, ride that hot hand to get around 70 yards in this game. Yeah, Godwin has been fantastic, no doubt about it. I think the difficult thing for me, you mentioned Rashad White, Leonard Fournette. We don't have confirmation yet that Fournette is actually going to yeah. play in this game, although he's likely to. But then that the, the workload then gets very difficult. I know he's a bigger back than Rashad White, but I don't know if they're, all right, Fournette, go ahead and barrel on in. I, just, I would want to stay away from basically anything that involves Leonard Fournette here. In this football game, Tom Brady over under one and a half passing touchdowns. I just thought it was relevant to kind of acknowledge that this is now something he has hit two weeks in a row. And it was a number that, by the way, never existed last year because it was two and a halves, right? Or, and if it was one and a half, it was minus 190s. You're not checking in at minus 130. Maybe Tom turning that corner. And by the way, maybe it's not Fournette or White on the goal line, but it's what Tom was doing last year. Two-yard touchdown passes to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin the whole way. Yeah. Any juice match specials tonight here? Yeah, match specials don't look all that good because if we're not ex- expected to get, like, multiple touchdowns, because you're right. You're looking at this going, oh, right, uh, plus 105 for Fournette and the wide receivers yeah. here. Maybe the one, and we always talk about this too, Kevin. Sometimes the lower-scoring games, the one-and-one one means both of these teams to score one touchdown pass and one um uh, excuse me, throw one touchdown pass and one, one, one in makes yeah. a little bit of sense there. That's the way I would lean again. But the other ones, I, I just can't live with it because also Richard White is including those touchdown jumbo ones where it's three and four touchdowns. I would rather have Leonard Fournette in there. So I stayed away from those. Yeah, I, I, I don't really blame you. Usually you can find something that jumps off the Doesn't page look great here, tonight. but yeah, it's a, you, and here's the tough thing. There's a lot of games that don't look great, and that usually is our favorite games because then it's like, ooh, oh, great. Now we've got these big, big numbers. This game tonight yeah. looks ugly, and the numbers really aren't big enough either. Tough spot Correct. there in Buck Saints, but perhaps something will pop up as the day goes on. We close it out on a Monday after the break. Make sure you listen up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, last segment of the day here for the early line. Series XM Channel 159 right on the Sports Grid Network. Donnie and Kevin here for the first two hours setting up your Sports Grid day before we hand it over to the morning after, which I'll be a part of for the first hour playing some armchair quarterback. Now, a lot of things happened over the weekend here. The college football playoff is set. Fantastic. We have the top four teams in, and rightfully so, those four teams, depending on what order that you think they should be in, those were the correct four teams. Now, in a couple of years, we're not going to have to worry about any of that as we expand to a 12-team playoff and I can't wait for that but a lot of moving and shaking here in the NFL that we saw yesterday and also from Thursday night with the Buffalo Bills the Eagles and the Bills on a collision course for Arizona listen up How about it? The Philadelphia Eagles always have been in place, or should be that top place setter for the NFC's number one seed to get the one overall buy that you would need to get rested and ready and home for the playoffs. But it wasn't so easy for the Buffalo Bills, who for the first portion of the season looked like they were probably the best team in the NFL, only to get tripped up in a few games, miraculous losses to the Jets, and also followed that up against the Minnesota Vikings on the outside looking in in the AFC to the Kansas City Chiefs, whom they beat in Kansas the city to try to get that top overall seed. But now, if the season ended today, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Buffalo Bills would both be the number one seeds and certainly home for the holidays and a major advantage to try to make the Super Bowl. My goodness. Can you see it? Because it looks like the Buffalo Bills, honestly, are probably going to have to win out the rest of the way in order to sit on that number one seed. 14-3 and three would be that record. For the Philadelphia Eagles, a little bit of leeway here. Even if they did drop a game, they still have that tie-breaking advantage over the Minnesota Vikings. So That'll make some difference, but also a massive game here on Christmas Eve coming up between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. But it looks like we are on that collision course here, but any given Sunday can always creep into it. But my goodness, if a Super Bowl Sunday was the 16-1 Philadelphia Eagles and the 14-3 Buffalo Bills, that would be one for the ages here. We'll see if it happens. For me, as an Eagle fan, yeah, I'm rooting for that to happen. Stay tuned right now for Ben Stevens and the morning after. Coming up next. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 